0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast on this Sunday. Jesus is with us. Isn't that a comforting thought? Yes. Ah, this song just blesses me. I don't want to stop it. There was Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, we want to welcome you to the Todd Coconado Show. This is Pastor Todd Coconado. So thankful that you're here. And uh, God is indeed moving in our nation. We continue to see him moving from sea to shining sea. I don't want you to get discouraged. I don't want you to grow weary in doing good. In fact, the Word of God says, do not grow weary in doing good. Stand on the promise of God, which is yes and amen, hope and a future. And uh, God is just a good God. And I know that uh, you know, you can listen to the modern day prophets of Baal, the fake news media, and get super discouraged. But don't, don't do that because he is not done. He is still moving. And there's so many things. In fact, if you got your Bibles, you can turn there. Or you can actually just listen to what I have to say here. But on Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says this it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Now, let me just say this here, and I, I, I kind of got into this a little bit last week, and we're going to get into it some more, uh, but I believe God wants to use us all. Uh, you know, it's not about a name. It's not about a ministry. Yes, there are names. I have a name. You have a name. Yes, there are ministries. Thank God for ministries, but it's not about that. It's about a move of the Holy Spirit of Living God that we need so desperately. And so for so many years, unfortunately, we've got it wrong here in our nation and in the Western culture and in the church where we have made it about the idols and the things of this world and trying to compare and compete and really have dropped the ball on allowing the presence of the Living God to move in our churches. And this has been the issue. In fact, I put up a post this week about Starbucks, you know, and just the fact that Starbucks, and I'm just giving one example. Here's a, a company that's openly promoted uh, abortion that's been a, a big advocate of Planned Parenthood. It's been funding them and many other anti-God organizations. And yet, uh, for whatever reason, a lot of churches carry Starbucks product in their church. And so we there's been a disconnect where we have not... And again, I'm not coming against you if you do that in your church or whatever, but I just, I would ask, I would implore you to think about it and to think about, hey, should we be funding these woke corporations that hate us, that don't like our values, that literally work against us, and yet here we are funding them. Now, I know people will say, well, that's every company. Yes, I get it. There's a lot of bad companies, but there's a lot of good companies too, by the way. There's a lot of people that are patriots that own companies, a lot of people of God that own companies. And so not every company is bad. Not every corporation is bad. But there are some that really stand out that are like on the front lines of the wrong war. You know what I'm saying? They're on the, they're on the front, lines, front, front lines of the opposition. And I just think it's wise that we come out from among them. We come out from this Babylon system. We, we understand the importance of alternative ecosystems. And hey, maybe somebody listening to this broadcast, maybe God's put a vision or a dream in your heart. And that's to do something that would create an alternative ecosystem for the body of Christ. Maybe you have the ability to create, you know, I don't know, some type of alternative structure that we don't have to fund some of these woke corporations because, hey, we got to have an alternative. You started a company. And, you know, we can go with what you're creating and putting out in the marketplace. And so that's why we have to keep fighting and we can't give up. And I think that, look, I know the hour's late. And whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib – Many of us have come and understand the hour is late and we could very well be. I mean, you know, we've been in the end times pretty much since the Lord declared it. But, you know, the real, I mean, what I'm talking about is like the last days, you know, and and, and I believe that it's going to get worse. It's going to be the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. We're going to see the Lord pour out his spirit upon the earth. But at the same time, there's going to be many egregious things that are happening around us. But we cannot lose our will. We cannot give up. We cannot give in. We cannot surrender. We cannot be escapists. That's what I was talking about with pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, is we can't be escapists and just think, well, hey, I'm going to hunker down and wait to be raptured out of here. And that's it. No, that's not our calling. We have been called to go out and to make disciples of the nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If we do nothing else, As a believer in Jesus Christ, we should be about the Great Commission, and we should be making disciples. We should love the Lord thy God with our heart, with our whole heart, and then we should love the neighbor. We should love one another. They know us by our love. Now, that doesn't mean we're weak. That doesn't mean we're some soy boy, some weak sauce person that just gets walked all over and taken advantage of. That's not what I'm talking about because then you, you see the other attributes of God, and you even see Jesus himself turning over the tables and so there's that, that, you know, attribute where we're not, oh, you know, there's a righteous anger that we can also operate in. And we can be lions and generals and be bold and speak truth because it's the truth that sets the captive free. So, listen, when you're, when you're navigating your situation, there is going to be people, I'm going to guarantee you right now, they are going to oppose you. There's going to be people that are going to accuse you. There's going to be people that are going to manifest on you. And there's going to be people that intentionally are operating under the anointing of the enemy, not the anointing of God, to to torment you, to discourage you, to make you want to give up, to make you want to surrender, to make you feel weary, to make you feel beat down, to make you feel discouraged. And then there's going to be the other people that just have an apathy. Maybe they're not doing those other things, but they're just apathetic. And so when you're around them, you're just feeling weary because they just drag you down you know life and death's in the power of the tongue you know so there's some christians i know i would go out to dinner after service i'd be all fired up and you'd get in one of these dinner conversations with a debbie downer and that could be a guy or a girl and all of a sudden it's like wah wah you know they try to you know and we and we can't we can't give into that because hey if you're on fire that's good stay on fire if you're not on fire fight to be on fire I'm talking about being on fire for the Lord. The worst thing you want to do is to peter out or, or to get so down and oppressed that you just stop doing the work of the kingdom. And, and not just the work of the kingdom, but even in your own life. You know, you peter out. You just, you just give in, give up. That's what so many people have done. And that's the whole plan of the enemy right now. Wear down the saints. You know, I mean, look at these truckers. Look at the farmers. That, that put everything, you know, some of these um, countries around the world right now where some of these people are standing up, and, and you got to think about these guys. I mean, they're putting it all on the line. I mean, they don't have the resources to go up. It's David versus Goliath. And yet, they're saying, you know what, I'm going to take my tractor, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to literally drive it in. I mean, think about just the fuel costs alone to do that. Some of these guys drove like, you know, hundreds of miles, the Dutch farmers and all that. I mean, I'm talking like, wow, like, you know, these guys – but they're doing it because they believe in freedom and they know that if I don't say something or if I don't do something now, then I'm going to have to look at my grandkids. I'm going to have to look at the future, you know, of my family and they're going to look at me and say, why didn't you do anything? You know, so where are the Dietrich Bonhoeffers? Where are the, where are the people that are like, you know what? I, it's not that I want to do this. I don't really have the resources to do this if I look at it in the natural. But you know what? By golly. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and, and, and look at my future family members and say, I did nothing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the stand now. And I know many of you listening understand what I'm saying here, okay? I'm going to take the stand. What does that look like? Well, it looks like doing something. You know, a lot of men, I'm just going to speak it. Is that okay? A lot of men are addicted to pornography. A lot of men are addicted to video games, addicted to drugs and alcohol. Some women too. And and they, and that's become their their whole thing. I mean, they they get home and they got they got this whole setup, you know, this wraparound screen, computer with the you know the headphones and the headgear and the internet and the special chair. And it's like they just that's their reality. It's not even reality, but they're investing their time in this. And meanwhile, think about this. Meanwhile, you got the world. It's like it's like the Titanic ship, and and the violin players are playing you know and, and you're just sitting here and the ship is sinking and it's like nur, 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 you know really i mean what are we going to do when we when we when when the ship just sinks are we going to we are going to swim i mean some people survived but a lot of people died and so this is our country friends this is our country and there's a lot of people online that are making some big promises this is going to be overturned that's going to be overturned all this stuff well i, I listen i'm not here to to be that person that speaks death over it. But I'm just saying, like, we better do something. We better do our part because I can't control whether the Supreme Court's going to overturn something or I can't control, you know, what's happening in the government. I mean, I do my part. I vote, you know, during the election cycle. I'm very active. I mean, I do everything I know possible that I can do. But ultimately, I don't have control over that. But what do I do? What do I have control over? Well, I have control that I can go to the local school board meeting. I have control that I can take a stand as a parent. I have a control that i can get involved the local church you know and make sure that i'm speaking truth when i go around the nation and influencing other people and so there are things that we can do so anyways welcome to the show i'm so glad you're here we're going to be right back this is going to be a good show we're going to talk about a lot of different things in the news and uh this is real talk radio pastor todd coconut we'll be right back right back I feel the presence of the Lord in this studio today. Let me tell you something. Something's going on here today. We're going to break through some strongholds today. I really believe that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Well, welcome back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. This is Pastor Todd Coconato. And I want to continue this discussion that I started last week because a lot of people reached out and they said, will you please have this conversation? So I'm going to do it because I love you and I'm going to do it because I love the Lord. And so, uh, I'm not getting into, and I want to make this very clear, especially since we're on the air in a bunch of different places, and I know there's a bunch of different kinds of people that listen to the the broadcast, and some of you are from different denominations and different beliefs, and trust me, as a pastor who has been involved in unity ministry and who has people who are friends in all different walks of the ministry, I definitely know the variances from a doctrinal standpoint in the body. So, I'm not trying to sit here and spark division, or, you know, I don't want to be accused of that. Um, that's not what this is about. I'm just talking about if a woman has any place in church. I'm not talking about pastoring. I know some of you say, hey, there's nothing wrong whatsoever about a woman being a pastor. And then there's other people that are going to say, a woman cannot be a pastor no matter what. So we're not even going to have that debate, okay? You you can pray about that, and that's up to you. And we're not going to have that debate. But what I, I want to discuss, though, is can a woman do anything in the church? And what I was shocked about, and this all started where I put up a a post about Catherine Kuhlman, who I happen to think was a powerful woman of God. And she reminds me of my friend, Pastor Mario Murillo, uh, you know, in a a different way. But I mean, you know, she was very anointed and uh, a lot of people were healed through that ministry. And, um, you know, you could think of like Amy Semple McPherson who started the Four Square, International Four Square Gospel Church. Or, you know, there's been very powerful women over the years that have been used by the Lord. And so that's why I just, I just put up a post about Catherine Kuhlman and I couldn't believe the amount of negative comments and people that were just attacking the post. And so I started addressing this issue about if a woman can have any position of ministry leadership in the church. Now, I believe the answer is yes, personally. Uh, but there are going to be some people that are listening to this that are saying no. And, and so we're not here to argue with you today. That's not, I'm not here to get into some big divisional. I mean, that would be like if I was going to argue about post-trib, mid-trib, pre-trib, all that I know that's another area where, you know, you want to spark debate in the body. Just talk about that. You'll get a bunch of people arguing real quick. But here, here's what I want to do. I want to go through, here's how I've come to this conclusion, okay? So in Romans 16, 7, let me just read this, that a woman can absolutely be anointed of the Holy Spirit and be used by God. That's what I believe, okay? And, and, and number one, outstanding among apostles. So in Romans 16, 7, the following women often get overlooked but even though uh, we don't have long stories about them, their leadership is definitely recorded in the Bible. So this is what I'm going to get into. So there was Anna. She was a prophet in Luke 2.36, along with the, the four daughters of Philip, who prophesied in Acts 21.9. And a prophet, by the way, in a, in a biblical sense, it's a truth teller. It's a truth teller who's delivering God's message to the world. Okay. There's also um, Phoebe. Uh, who was a deacon, and you can find that in Romans 16.1. And then it's, I think it's Junia, it's J-U-N-I-A, who the Bible describes not only as an apostle, but an outstanding one, and that's in Romans 16.7. 6, then you got Priscilla, okay? Priscilla, along with her husband, is someone that Paul names as a coworker in Christ, and you can find this in Acts 18. Uh, Priscilla teaches Apollos, who, by the way, is a learned man with a thorough knowledge of Scripture. And despite his considerable expertise, she's actually able to explain the way of God more adequately to him. That's what the Scripture says. And he expresses no dismay at her gender. In many of the passages where she's mentioned, Priscilla's name is um, listed before her husband's, which is noteworthy in a culture that usually placed the husband's names first. So many people feel that this suggests that Priscilla rather than Aquila could be the leader of this particular couple when it comes to a spiritual standpoint. Not, not when it comes to, you know, the man is the head of the household, but just from a spiritual standpoint, um, she may be more advanced than him according to the way the scripture presents this. So, so far we can suggest that there are at least women in scripture that in some way, shape or form held leadership type roles in the church community. And this can't be argued, friends. This is, this is the scripture. Okay, now number two. They told all things. Luke 20, 24, 9. They told all these things. Luke 24, 9. In all four gospels, women are the first to learn of Christ's resurrection when he appears to them. And they're the very first people to share this news with others, depending on which gospel you read. The first proclaimer is either Mary Magdalene in Mark sixteen nine through 10, in John 20, 17 through 8. Uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, Matthew 28, 8 through 10. Or Mary, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and others in Luke 24, 9 through 10. The first time the story of the resurrection is told, it's proclaimed by a woman. That's notable. It's biblical. It cannot be denied. That's just the bottom line. You say, where, is it, where are you going with this? I'm just going to the fact that God can use a man or a woman. In fact, he's no respecter of persons. Again, we're not arguing about a woman pastor today. We're talking about can the Lord use a woman, and I say yes. Number three, because of women, uh, the women's testimony in John 4.39, we usually know her as the woman at the well, but I prefer to think of her as the woman who abandoned her water jar because after talking with Jesus, the living water, John 4.28 reports that she left her jar behind to go and tell people about Jesus. She left behind what she came to the wall or the well to do because she found something more important. She got the fire, she got the anointing. She got the download, whatever you want to call it. So shortly thereafter the text reports that many Samaritans believed in Christ because of her testimony. You can find that in John 4:39, demonstrating that she was quite the effective evangelist. And the conversation Jesus has with her In John 4 is the longest recorded conversation Jesus has with anyone. Now, why would Jesus spend all that time talking theology with a woman if he doesn't want her to tell anybody about it? He doesn't reprimand her for leaving her jar. Rather, he encourages her, you know, to pursue her spiritual journey and welcomes those she leads to him. Number four, until I, Deborah, arose. That's found in Judges 5-7. Now, so far I've mentioned the New Testament women, but there's no absence of strong women in the Hebrew Scriptures. Deborah, for example, is named in the Hebrew Scriptures as both a prophetess and a judge. And the people came to her for words from God. She leads, directs, and guides them. And no one seems to object that she's a woman. In Judges 5, Deborah leads the people in song after leading them to victory in a battle. And she says, they held back until I, Deborah, arose, I arose a mother of Israel, and that's found in Judges five seven. Without her leadership, the people would not fight on their own behalf. Now, our English translations call Deborah, quote, a wife of Lapidoth, unquote. But this phrase could also be translated as a woman of Lapidoth, noting where she's from, not who she's married to. Lapidoth means torch. So it is possible that the phrase even means a woman of Lapidoth, which is, a fiery woman, which could be a great description for her, okay? And number five, go and inquire of the Lord for me. This is in 2 Kings 22, 11 through 20. Also 2 Chronicles 34, 14 through 33. For some reason, Huldah, in 2 Kings 22, 11 through 20, and Second Chronicles 34, 14 through 33 again, is always overlooked by men who say women can't teach, though in her own day she was anything but invisible. So you know, there, there's just a lot of arguments that I could just keep going and going. We got to go to a break here, so I'll be back in just a moment. But women of God, don't listen to the people that say you, you can't be used by the Lord. You can, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on that one. All right, we'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Todd Cognano, back. Thank you so much for. Tune in the broadcast today. Listen, I'm not going to get into the whole thing and go through all the scriptures that I have on women being empowered to do ministry, but but you can go to my Facebook page, uh, which is at real Todd Coconado uh, That's my public page. Or You can just search for my name, Todd Coconato. I got a private page too, which I post a lot of stuff on. And I think on both of those pages, I, I had this very spirited debate about women having the ability to be used by God. Because I stand with you, women of God. And I know, by the way, there's a lot of lack in leadership in the church. Now, I think it's getting a little bit better. But, you know, for a while, men, men were kind of, you know, not really stepping up. So that's another reason why women have had to step up. Because men have not stepped up. Now, I'm not a feminist. I'm not, uh, you know, a liberal. In in other words, when it comes to, like, the women in the pink hats and all that, that I understand that there's an agenda behind that. And I also understand you know people will mention the Jezebel spirit and things like that of course i understand the Jezebel spirit i've studied these things for many years i'm not i'm not you know it's just it just blows my mind how some people can try to say that every woman is a Jezebel every woman is not a Jezebel there are there are women and men that are operating in a Jezebel spirit but not every every man or every woman you know <laughs> it's not everybody you know what i'm saying so we just we just got to be careful because in this time and this hour where there's an expose and there's a lot of truth that's coming out and there's, there's a lot of, you know, God separating the wheat from the chaff. You know, we just got to be careful because sometimes people want to take it to like a whole nother level, you know, and go after real, just, you know, authentic people of God that are just doing their best. And, and it's like, don't be scrutinizing everybody. You know, don't be a heresy hunter. Don't make that your objective or your life's mission. If you pour into the presence of the Lord, you spend time in the secret place. You have a real walk and a real a real relationship with Jesus, you're gonna be operating in the in the Holy Spirit, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that's love. And and there's a peace that passes understanding. There's a joy that's unspeakable. You're full of the glory in the presence of the Lord. You're meant to go out, to cast out, to drive out, and the Lord will use you if you show up and you say, send me, I'll go. You know, so we just got to be careful. I've been studying the the book of John. I want to read a couple scriptures from John. You know, there's there's a key verse in John. It's John one one, and it really establishes a lot. and And it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth." So this 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 scripture has so much revelation because. People are trying to change the word. You can't change the word of God. The word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why? Because Jesus himself is the word. He was there in the beginning. The word was with God and the word was God. And then what happened? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. It's that truth, my friends. That disarms. It's that truth that fills us, that feeds our soul, that gives us the sustenance, the manna to get through each day. You're feeling weary? Read the Word of God. You're feeling tired? Get in the presence of the Lord. Get on your face before Him. There's times when I don't feel like, you know, being spiritual. I'm gonna be real with you. There's times when I'm just like, I just wanna unplug. You know what? But I'll put on like, there's so many amazing people that have made these videos where they put, the scriptures, you know, the words to music and different things. And it's like, I'll put on the word and I'm telling you, it's like I get recharged and I start feeling the presence of the most high God. You know, in John one twenty nine, it says this, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, don't we need that? That's what we need. We need the lamb of God to take away the sin of the world because we are being inundated from every different direction whether it's at school or at our jobs or from friends or when you turn on the television or wherever you're going, there's, we're inundated by lies, deception, propaganda, and that's meant to wear us down, to make us feel tired. But that's why the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, we behold him. He is the same. He is the word, and the word sets us free. It's the truth. It's Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, that, that verse in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who shall ever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you thought about this lately? Have you thought about everlasting life? Have you thought about what it's like? We're only passing through here. This is just a, a temporal thing. This is a temporal season. You know, this life is but a vapor. You, you, you know, people that have died or passed away in your life, that's it, they're gone. You know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. What happens to them? Their bodies are done. They're cremated. They're buried. They're eaten. You know, what, what do you think happens when a body gets buried? Why, why is it that when they, un, when they unearth a body, what, what do you see? Unless it's mummified, it's bones. Because everything else is, is taken away. It's eaten away. It's taken away. Think about that. The flesh is gone. And we're to die to our flesh daily. And why is that? Because God is preparing us. We're only passing through in this world. He's preparing our hearts. He's preparing our minds. We are spiritual beings, my friends. Deep cries out to deep. Somebody needs to hear this today. Deep cries out to deep. Yeah, I'm a deep dude. I'm a deep dude because you know what? I serve a deep God. In John 6, 29, Jesus answered them and said, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. Believe in the Father. Believe in the Son, Jesus Christ. He was there in the beginning. Why do you think that they don't, you know, look, they don't focus on Buddha. Have you heard anybody, you know, anti-Buddha persecution? Have you, have you seen this? You know, all of a sudden they're persecuting the Buddhists. Have you, have you heard about this? No. Why haven't you heard about this? Well, it's not happening. Why isn't it happening? Because Buddha is no threat to the devil. But the name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are safe. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be safe. Oh, somebody needs to hear this today. You're serving the God of heaven and earth. That's why you're a threat. You're over the target. And so Jesus is, is, is doing a work in you. He's doing a work in me. He's not done with that work. In John ten ten, it says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, what does God say? He says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Oh, you say, but Pastor Todd, it's so tough right now. You don't understand the warfare I'm dealing with. Pastor Todd, you don't understand my finances. There's nothing in the bank. I'm going to overdraft. I'm I'm literally out. I don't know what to do. I get it. Trust me. I've been there. But here's the thing. The thief, he doesn't have any other plans other than to Steal, kill, and destroy you. But here's the thing. You call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I can't live without you. You're the air that I breathe, Lord. The wind beneath my wings can't live without you. Imagine living without the Holy Spirit. You know, think about that, right? In, in, in John 10, 28, it says, and I shall give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Isn't that a great thought? No one can snatch you out of the hand of God. No one. It doesn't matter the situation you're walking through. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. You know, life is a series of mountaintops and valley experiences, but Nothing can snatch you out of the hand of God. Nothing. You know, in John eleven twenty five 25 and 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This is what somebody needed to hear today. You know, we could, we could focus on the doctrinal variances or the things that we like to argue about as believers. Maybe you're not even a believer, but you're just tuned in. And God has, has probably brought you here for a reason. Because, look, this is truth. This is freedom. This is, this is the reality of our situation in our world. As we see things getting darker and darker, what do you think led me to Jesus? You know what led me to Jesus? Was I saw the darkness. I saw all the wickedness in the world, and I said, if there's this much wickedness, and I was drawn towards the light, and I started seeking, and I was messed up, and I'll never forget what God did, did for my life. I'll never forget he saved a wretch like me. I don't sit here and try to pretend to you that I was some perfect person that I had it all figured out or that I have it all figured out now. All I'm trying to explain to you, because I love you and I care about you, and I want to see you set up for success, is that God, God saved my life. He spared my life. He saved my life. He, he did this for a reason. And what was the reason? Because he wanted me not only to be able to share this with others, but also to have an abundant life and to be set free of my bondage, to be set free of the wickedness. See, see, the world can be overwhelming. I mean, just today, you should just, if I told you here at the ministry all the different things that are going on right now, people don't understand sometimes. We're in the middle sometimes of a great battle, and people wouldn't even be able to notice it or tell. Why? Because, you know, not because I'm perfect or have it all figured out, but because I've learned to trust in Jesus. He's the resurrection and the life. He says, if you believe in me, though you may die, you're going to live. You know what? I know that to be true because when I was stabbed nine times, that's my testimony, about 23 or 24 years ago, something like that, I was stabbed nine times in Granada Hills, California, one in the heart, and the Lord decided to spare my life. The Lord decided to to give me a second chance. I should have died that day. Honestly, it was a miracle. I probably did die, and I think he resurrected me in that hospital. But he did it so, because he knew that I was going to be like the prophet Isaiah and say, send me, I'll go. I'm going to show up, Lord. I'm going to do my part. And I can't tell you how many people I've seen that come and know Jesus Christ, and it is the biggest reward for me ever. It brings such joy and such peace because I know that after I leave that person, I may never talk to them or see them again but I know they've started their journey with the power source, the source of all power, the source of all blessing, the source of all of, all of our strength, Jesus Christ, the one that kills the demonic, destroys it, literally destroys it. Why are they so afraid of the name of Jesus? Because he's destroyed. He, he's given us authority to trample on those scorpions and devils. Those things that are attacking you in your life, that big trial that you have, that big prayer request that you think God hasn't heard about, he's heard. Oh, he knows, and he hears your prayer, and he's moving on your behalf. He's moving on your behalf. It may not be in the timing that we want. It may not be in the way that we want or the way that we think, but he is indeed moving in your situation. In John 13, uh, 35, John thirteen thirty-five, it says this, by this... All will know you are my disciples if you have what? Love for one another. That's the test. Love for one another. You know, I I just did an interview with some ladies. I'd never met them before. I didn't know them from Adam. I just was, I was told they were great people. My co-host, Pastor Dave Scarlett on the Lions and Generals show, you know, he, he likes them. And so I just did a show. I didn't even know who they were, but he said, hey, they're good people. So I trust him, number one. But number two, what happened was we got on the show. And how did I detect right away that they were Christians? You know why? They were loving. They were kind. They weren't combative. They weren't looking at me with a bunch of scrutiny, and trying to discern. You know, I mean, I'm sure they were discerning, but they weren't mean-spirited. And we didn't know each other. And that's just an example. Why am I giving you that example? Because, you know, sometimes it's like we're so closed and walled in because we've been hurt before that we're missing out on blessings. What God wants us to do is to walk in discernment. You know, discern, but that doesn't mean just close yourself off. Yeah, you've been hurt. I've been hurt. Oh, my gosh. If I could tell you guys the stories of what what people have done. But see, should I go around and be a victim? No. Why? Because I'm victorious. in Jesus, you're victorious. We're not victims. We're victors. That's who we are. That's our DNA in Christ. We're victorious. We've got to stop looking at ourselves like, poor me. Oh, look what happened to me. I mean, I could have sat around for years. I got stabbed nine times. I got a bunch of scars all over my body. But you know what I look at as an opportunity? I say, God gave me another chance in life. Why did he do that? He didn't didn't need to do that. He did it. And this isn't about me. I know he's done it for many of you. Hey, listen, I want to finish this thought. I think the Lord is moving. I feel his presence in this place. We'll be back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. What a blessed Sunday, right? Stay tuned. This is Real Talk Radio. You can go to ToddCoconato.com. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Todd Coconato here, segment four. Hope you're enjoying Hope you're getting something out of this today. We got to do something, you know, it's like. Oh gosh, you know, I, I posted a post about Starbucks this week. I think I mentioned it earlier and it's like there's people in there, "Well, why do we boycott them? Because then we have to boycott every con- I mean, then don't boycott them. I don't know. You know, do what you want to do. I'm The reason why I don't support them is because they literally stand against our values as a believer and I I've, I've studied the company. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, my main concern is your soul. Yes. But you know, I could put up a post. It doesn't matter what it is or how vetted it is. And if you go into the comments, my goodness, there's going to be somebody that's going to argue you. There's going to be somebody that's going to. I mean, it's just the world that we're in. And they're going to challenge you. And and honestly, there's a lot of people that lack respect these days. They just they don't re- have respect anymore. You know, I, it's like a dying. You know, unfortunately, I mean, the respect is so big. I wish I wish people would be taught respect. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that they are they're just rude. And, and they're just combative, and they walk in a spirit of offense. Have you seen this? Just a spirit of offense. What do you mean, Pastor Todd? I mean, they just offended at everything. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to get some hate mail about me defending women in ministry. Again, I wasn't even talking about being a pastor. But you just got to think about this. You know, I knew this pastor, and he, and he said, no women absolutely in ministry no matter what. And, and we said, well, you know, what if your daughter? I think I might have mentioned this story before in a live stream, but, you know, we said, what about you? You know, if your daughter becomes a minister, she has the fire. What are you going to do? You're going to tell her she can't preach? Well, yeah, of course. Well, what happened? It was about 20 years later, his daughter got the fire and she started preaching. Now she's a campus pastor. She's a lead pastor at his church. The guy that said he didn't believe in women ministers. So, you know, it's it's real easy. When, when, you know, you're just so cut and dry, but, you know, that's not the way it is sometimes. Everything's not cut and dry. You know, sometimes there's, there's certain things. In fact, I want to read a post that I put up about that this week because it really got a lot of traction. And a lot of people said they were affected by what, it, you know, what it said about being cut and dry. You know, let me, let me read it to you. Not everything is in life is so cut and dry. Sometimes people do a good job of hiding their situation. You seen this? Many suffer in silence because they fear what would happen. Sometimes for a good reason, by the way. If people were to know the reality of what they were currently walking through. Now, God put this on my heart because I know many people, good people, righteous people who are suffering in silence right now. That could be you. I just want you to know God sees and knows your situation. He's devising a way out for you. Hear me. Please know your private prayers are in fact heard and you're not alone. And God still has a plan for your life. You're not forgotten about, child of God. You're not less than. The devil has tried to wear you down, but God is with you. Press in. I know this message for somebody listening right now, too. Suffering in silence. You know, we've shamed a lot of people in the body of Christ. Oh, you had five abortions. Shame on you. That's never been my message. That's never been God's message. If he would have done that to you, he'd do do the same thing to me because I did a bunch of messed up stuff. See, that's the whole thing. Like, everybody's like trying to find this perfect person. We can only elevate a perfect pastor, a perfect person. No, none of us are going to be able to attain that. None of of us are going to, but what we can do is we can have a hunger and a thirst. We can encounter God. That's what I want you to do. If if you're listening to this broadcast, if you're in in, in audio, you know, reach of what's being said right now, if you have ears to hear, listen, God wants to encounter you, and that will forever change your life doesn't give me anything for you to do that you do whatever you want but listen i'm gonna i'm gonna get off this broadcast today i'm gonna go hang with the family i'm gonna eat some good food i'm gonna hang out i'm gonna be good okay my situation is not your situation i'm saying this only for one reason today that's because i want you to be set up for success and i don't care what you've done you may be listening in a jail cell right now and you may be convicted of a murder But God wants to heal you, and God wants to redeem you. And I'm not saying you're going to get out of jail. Maybe he will help you. But what I'm saying is your soul will be set free. Your mind will be set free. And who the son sets free is free indeed. If you've been abused by a parent, if your parents were delinquent, if if they were just out of control, they were drug addicts, they were promiscuous, they were messed up, and it's wounded you, person of God. I want you to release that today. Give it to the Lord. Lay it down at the foot of the cross. Pastor Todd, you don't know my situation. It's so tough. You know what? I don't know your situation. But I know a God that, that does. And I know a God that can fix it. Just like he fixed me. They said 2% recovery rate, Todd Coconato. They say there's no way. You know how many times? Pastor Todd, y- listen, you call me Pastor Todd now. There was a time when they said you will never be a pastor. No one will ever listen to you. Yes, you got to hear this. 20-something years ago. You will never, no one will ever listen to you. You will not get invited. Why? Because, because of your past, because of your story, because of all, this, all these different reasons they gave. And if I would have listened to them, what would have happened? But I knew that God had got a hold of my life. Why? Because I had an encounter. Someone needs to have an encounter. How do you do it? Well, you just ask the Lord. Lord, I want to encounter you. See, that's the thing. We, we pretend like God doesn't hear our prayers and he's not listening. He is. He sees the whole thing. And there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit that wants to come on you right now if you're not walking in it and encounter you today and fix your situation as grim as it looks. You got a marriage that's on the rocks. You think there's no way to fix it, but you've been praying or maybe you haven't been praying. But God says step into the river of living water. Call upon the name of the Lord. Listen, if you fight for that thing and the marriage still dies, then you know what? Let it go. If you did everything you could, at least you stood, right? At least you did your part. That's what I say. See, we sit here and sometimes things don't go exactly as we think, but then you know what? Maybe God's got somebody else for you as you've walked this out righteously. And then you know what? God doesn't restore. Maybe he wanted to free you. But hey, you know what? He's got something else. And it's going to be blessed. And there's going to be favor. The key is to stay in the glory and the presence of the Lord. Not to lose focus. Not to get our eyes off him. Because these things are distractions. in the religious spirit in this hour and the Pharisees of the hour that tell you there's no way. No way you're going to make it, Pastor Todd, in ministry. Well, that's funny. Because you know what happened? The Lord blessed the ministry. And he's blessed my life. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying I don't have challenges. I'm not saying I don't have requests and prayers and things that I'm believing for, breakthrough. But you know what? He sustained me. And, he's, and, he's, and you know what? I got up today, and I'm healthy, praise God. And I'm able to fight another day and stand another day and kiss my little beautiful daughter, my wife. God is good. God is good. They told me it would never work. They told me you'd fail. I didn't fail. Have you been told that you would fail? Have they have somebody in your life that maybe it was a parent even that said you're never going to be successful? People have abandoned you. You have a spirit of rejection that's come upon you. You feel abandoned. You feel less than. You're very very insecure. I'm speaking to somebody right now. Very insecure about your looks, about who you are. That's the devil. The devil's lying to you. You're beautiful. You're precious. You were made in the likeness and image of God. But see, this is how the devil gets a hold of us because he wants to lie and cheat and steal and rob. He wants to rob from your inheritance of God. He wants to rob from your identity in Christ. He wants to rob from your future. He wants to rob from today. He wants to take your joy and take your peace. Start praising the Lord in the middle of this thing. I know it's tough. I know it's big. But God is what he's doing in the country. Let me explain a little bit here before we got to go today. He's, he's right setting the wrongs. He's, he's separating the, the frauds from the real. You know, we got real apathetic, real, real, real complacent for many, many years. But now something has shifted. And people are looking for authentic. They're looking for real. And when you, when you call upon the name of the Lord and you ask the Lord to encounter you, you're going to get real. Your life's going to be shaken, but it's going to be a good shaking. He's going to put you on course and set you up for success, not only in this world, but in the, in the afterlife, where you rule and reign with, the, with Jesus Christ for eternity. This is the real situation that we're in. That's why there's a battle for your soul, and it's significant. So the lies from the pit of hell that have told you this or that, that's why, because they're, they're meant to hold you back. They're meant to hold you down. Stand up. Rise up. Get up this week. Don't let this be another week where you're you're just depressed. Don't let this be another week where you're beat down. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Stand up, my friend. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this broadcast, stand up, rise up. Thank you, God, for my life. Thank you for my health. Thank you that I have a place to lay my head. Thank you, Lord God, that I have food to eat. And Lord, you're going to do something new in my life. You're going to do something new in my situation. You are hearing my prayers we got to refute the negativity and the nonsense of the devil. He's a liar. God has called you for this time. That's the message. The message is no more frauds, no more fake. It's authentic. It's real. It's touching the hem of his garment. Woo! Touching the hem of his garment. Think about that, right? God, you're good. Lord, we just thank you for everybody listening today. I pray blessings over them, favor over them, encouragement over them in the name of Yeshua and the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for tuning in. This is the Todd Coconato Show. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you again next week. Real Talk Radio, toddcoconato.com, toddcoconato.com. God bless you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast this week. So appreciate you and uh, hope you enjoyed it. And um, listen, uh, this is the podcast version. You guys know the drill. If you're able to support us, we really need your support. You can go to toddcoconato.com slash give. It helps us fund this ministry. Thank you to the partners that are out there. We definitely need more partners in order to expand the territory and do the fullness of what God's put on our heart. But I just just thank you. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your prayers. And uh, I'm praying for you. And uh, I really mean that. You guys are very special people. This, this season, I have to say, the greatest thing that I've enjoyed about this season is just meeting folks like you, you know, that care about us and that understand the mission and the, and the seriousness and the urgency of this battle. So thank you. And if I if I haven't thanked you personally, I just want you to hear my words. Thank you. I, I, I wish I had the ability to call everybody and write everybody, but it just, it means a lot. So, all right, guys, bless you. We'll see you on Sunday.